The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Apocalyptic thrills and chills and flesh-eating raptors, oh my. It's bonus episode time with friend of the show and returning guest, Lucas Mangum, for episode 143, and I cannot wait to get into this. Uh, I had a great time chatting with Lucas about revising old stories, changing our lifestyles and parenting advice during the pandemic, uh, finding an editor, developing three-dimensional characters and stories, and so much more. As well as, of course, we discuss his latest work, Extinction Peak, which debuts on October 15th. But coming up, there is a pre-order special going on at Madness Heart Press. Uh, It's going to be happening this weekend, which is why we've got Lucas here for a bonus episode. And uh, believe me when I tell you, it's it's a great offer. You're going to hear what the offer is during the episode, so you want to check that out. Uh, last time I checked before recording this, the, the offer at Madness Heart was not up yet. The, the pre-order offer, uh, was not up yet, but suffice to say, if you pre-order through Madness Heart Press, you're going to get something really special. And, uh, I think you're going to want to check that out. So make sure you keep clicking the link in the show notes to get back over to Madness Heart, or you can follow Madness Heart Press on uh, social media or or Lucas Mangum on social media, and I'm sure they're going to share it once it goes live. Uh, but uh, sometime uh, either today, Friday the 9th, or uh, this weekend, that's going to be happening. And like I said, believe me, you don't want to miss out on it. It's going to be really, really good. All of that and a sample chapter reading from Lucas Mangum coming up here in just a minute, so stay tuned. Hey, as for this show, oh my goodness, do I have a month of sample chapter goodness for you. <laughs> As of right now, so long as I can continue to handle the pressure, (laughs) I'll be presenting bonus episodes each week all month long. So we have your regular episodes on Tuesdays and then a bonus episode coming out each Friday all this month, uh, starting right now with Lucas and then uh, going on throughout the rest of the month. There's just been so many authors reaching out to the show and I can't say no. (laughs) I just can't, can't say no. So I'm bringing on as many as I can, and, and many of them are uh, coming on due to publishing uh, guidelines or publishing schedules. So that's why they are being presented when they are. And, you know, I'm cool with that. If I can make it work, then I will. But there's so many great ones coming up. And uh, don't forget this, our very special guest episode with actor and now author Lou Diamond Phillips is coming up on October 20th. You know, I don't I don't advertise the episodes unless they've been recorded, and that one's been done. I had a great time talking with him, and you don't want to miss that episode. Hey, Lou Diamond Phillips is going to be reading a sample chapter from his book. So, for that alone, it's going to be really cool. <laughs> anyway, all of that is coming up throughout this month, so make sure you're hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss out each week. Meanwhile, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Scrivener. A long-time sponsor with the show and uh, software that I use every day with my writing. I have a couple of things coming up soon where I'll be doing a little bit of traveling, but it's nice to know that while I'm gone, I can pull up Scrivener anywhere I go and get right back into my story wherever I left it. And it can be whatever story. You know, I've got three or four stories 
saved right now within my Scrivener and whichever one I'm opening up. I know I've got my background information, the character information. If I'm planning it out, all the notes are there. Everything you need is right there in that corkboard and that side panel. And uh, and it's customizable. You can always change how you how you present the information for yourself. So make sure you check out this advertisement for Scrivener writing software and uh, pay particular attention to the coupon code so you can save yourself 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Yes, again, thank you so much, Scrivener. I really appreciate you being a wonderful uh, sponsor of the show. Next up, I want to thank Pop Goes the Culture Podcast and Network over at popgoestheculture.com. Uh, that is the network that we first became a part of about, oh my gosh, uh, this January will be two years ago. And uh, th- they are just f- full of fantastic pop culture shows. About 10 different shows going on over there right now. Everything uh, movie, TV, pop culture related, all that news is right there at your fingertips at popcultureculture.com, including their flagship, Pop Goes the Culture Podcast which is recorded live every Thursday night, and you can participate by checking them out online. And then the episode comes out the next morning on Friday. They do all kinds of special things throughout the week, so make sure you're checking out that link in the show notes to find out what you might be able to uh, join. I also want to thank Project Entertainment Network, my other podcast network that I'm so happy to be a part of. With more than 35 shows in the network, they have everything to satiate your podcast thirst. Wow, that was deep. (laughs) Your podcast hunger. (laughs) It is way early in the morning and I have not had coffee yet, so forgive me. (laughs) But, But Project Entertainment literally has anything you could be looking for right there within the network uh you know not not only my own show but 34 other shows uh shows like this one that you're about to hear an advertisement for hi i'm john baldisberger host of madness heart radio join me each week as i discuss writing living life and horror with some of the coolest people in the industry. Talk to writers, directors, actors, and really anyone at all that's involved in scaring people's pants off. Can't wait for you to join us, but until then, stay safe, but stay scared. Great, great show, and uh, one that you definitely need to check out. So so once again, check out that link in the show notes and uh, see everything that Project Entertainment Network has to offer. Uh, you know, earlier on, I mentioned uh, following on social media for Madness Heart Press and Lucas Mangum. Links are in the show notes. And make sure you are also following 
our uh, podcast networks and sponsors alike, as well as this show, we are all on social media. Uh, the Sample Chapter Podcast is is all you have to look for on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram now. You can follow us there. We post regularly, and uh, including some back episodes, which is always fun to uh, go back and check those out. If you want to reach out to the show, you can do so via email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail at 660-851-1146. And as always, if I like your voicemail, I may be playing it on the very next episode. So drop me a line. All right, it is time to get us on over to that incredible Splatterpunk Award-nominated author, Lucas Mangum. Sample Chapter listeners, welcome back to another exciting episode. Yes, that's right, it is exciting, it's thrilling, it is everything that comes when you think about Lucas Mangum. Back on the show, uh, he was last with us on episode 76 back in July of 2019, so a little over a year ago. We were talking about Saint Sadist, and uh, actually, if you are a fan of the uh, Project Entertainment Network, then you are also aware that he was recently on Matters of Faith with Jay Wilburn, so that was really cool. Needless to say, he's here today. We're going to be talking about his twisted tales and everything going on in his life. Lucas, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jason. It's glad. Good to be back. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I cannot wait to uh, to hear about this exciting new story you've got coming on. But uh, how, how have you been, man? I've been pretty good. The uh, the uh, lockdown's been a little um, challenging, as it has been for everybody, I'm sure. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, on the, on the flip side, it's forced me to be a lot more um, regimented when it comes to, you know, when I get my writing in and, uh, you know, and how I, you know, kind of compartmentalize things throughout the day, whereas normally I, I was kind of just uh, – I don't know. I would just kind of wing it. <laughs> uh, but now it's like, okay, like I need to actually adhere to a routine um, in order to get all the things done in a day, you know, like, you know, actually be a good parent and like, you know, do my day job <laughs> and, and then get the writing in, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely forced me to be more, more focused, which is, you know, yeah, I guess, I, I guess that's the flip side of it, you know? Um, uh, but you know, it still sucks that you can't just go to the movies or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's nice. Cause we're all a little more structured perhaps, uh, going through all this. We're learning more about ourselves, but man, I miss going to the movies. Uh, although, yeah. although I've have had a chance to introduce my kids to the drive-in a little more oh, that's... Uh, since this has all happened. We, we actually found one a couple years ago and we'd go like once a year, but now we've been a, several times and that's a blast. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I've never been to a drive-in. I've always wanted to go. I just haven't really lived around many. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's one around Austin. There's, I mean, Austin is like, you know, they're they're all about bringing bringing <laughs> back the cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's see. Last time you were here, we were talking about Saint Satis that came out. How did uh, how'd the release go? And how's the book going for you? It's going pretty well. I um, I I got nominated for a Splatterpunk Award for best novella. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and so that was a really nice. Um, I I don't know. It was just ridiculously 
I, like humbling and wonderful and, and validating all at the same time. You know, uh, I was uh, I knew they were they were counting the uh, you know the people who recommended you know uh, people had you know people who had recommended it throughout you know the year or whatever and uh, and then yeah Brian Keane of all people like sends me a message on Twitter and he's like congratulations <laughs> you you are now nominated <laughs> one of the nominees in the novella category and I was just like this is wow. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, it was, uh, it was stiff competition. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't win the award, but, uh, but I mean, you know, the, I, I'm cool with just being nominated, especially like I was going up against Ed Lee and Wesley Southard and Matt Shaw, like all these heavy hitters in, um, you know, kind of extreme horror and splatterpunk. So I was like, you know, just to be even among that group was, mm-hmm was just a huge honor for me yeah that was that was crazy if i remember correctly i think ed lee won that didn't he uh this year uh it was uh he he got a lifetime achievement award oh, okay. Maybe uh, and then uh west wesley southard's uh one for the road um one in uh the novella category wow but yeah. still i mean it, like you said i mean it's uh <laughs> to get nominated is still it's still a great uh, honor, and uh, you know those first couple of times that that comes around, that's great. Uh, after a while, oh, yeah. it's got to be like, all right, come on, come on, where is it? <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. Like I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's great to be nominated, but you also don't want to be uh, Martin Scorsese, you know, get nominated like however <laughs> many years and never win until like you're already like I don't know, sixty or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the nice thing too about that is I see that you get to roll that uh, that honor into future works. Like I see that uh, you've got the revised edition of Mania came out back in May, and so right there on the cover, Splatterpunk Award nominated author Lucas Mangums. That's yeah. got to be pretty exciting. It's super exciting, like just to be able to say that as like I don't know, like it's it's it definitely. It definitely brings a, an extra energy to it, you know. Now it's like I'm not just an author. Uh, I'm like, it's like, okay, I'm an award-nominated author. So, so clearly, I'm doing something right, and that, you know, is, that's that's always a nice feeling. That's awesome, though. Uh, you know, and I don't remember when you were here last time if we talked about Mania. So go ahead and tell us about Mania. Yeah. So Mania uh, is a um, kind of in uh, it's a novel in like kind of the tradition of like. Uh, you know, like Ring and um, John Carpenter's uh, Cigarette Burns, you know, kind of the cursed media, uh, you know, kind of uh, subgenre, which is a small, but I would say very strong uh, subgenre. It's about a, cur- a, a cursed screenplay. Um, everyone who tries to film it uh, either dies or loses their mind. And uh, yeah, it's the uh, main character is this kind of controversial filmmaker who's looking to make his comeback after a few years off. And he um, he hears about uh, Mania, the cursed screenplay, and thinks he's like, I want to take it on because I don't believe in curses. But I mean, I like hype, you know, and uh and yeah, of course, the curse turns out to be all too real. And um, then there's like some fun ghost action and there's a cult running around and stuff. It's, it's all all kinds of fun. Well, that that's a cool story, though. So now what went into the revised edition? I never get to talk about revisions really on the yeah. show. So how did this change? 
So the um, original version came out in late 2016, early 2017, and it was one of those books that, like, people were still, you know, um, contacting me about and saying, you know, I really like this book, but, uh, you know, there's there's some uh, there's some typos, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and you only hear that so many times before you're just like, you know what, maybe I should just put another other version out there and you know and i um and i used that opportunity to kind of tighten some of the storytelling and i added um a new short story which kind of serves as an epilogue as well um so it was fun just kind of going through it again um i brought you know a professional editor on so it wasn't just me like you know um because you you know i feel like you like miss half half the stuff if you you know read your own stuff you know Mm -hmm. over um and uh and yeah we uh we put together something that I thought was really uh really worth revisiting and and um and uh yeah that was that was the first time I worked with uh Madness Heart Press um we had uh decided to put it out and um because of how much uh how 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 well they treated it I I decided to um I decided to, you know, go with them for my upcoming book, um, Extinction Peak. That's awesome, man. Yeah, wow. yeah. I that was something that uh, I experienced with with my first book because I, I was the only one looking at it. I was the only one doing anything with it. And I ran it through some some automatic uh, checkers to just look to, for any errors yeah. and whatever. And then I I just you know hit hit publish on uh, on Amazon. I was so sick of it. And tired yeah. of it. I was like, yeah, there we go. It's done. And when I got my first uh, copy of it came in the mail, I showed it to my wife and she sat down to read it. And she's <laughs> famously got like a chapter, two chapters in. And she goes, wait, you haven't published this yet, right? Oh, man. <laughs> and, yeah, she was pulling out the red ink and uh, went through it. And I was like, OK, give me a list and I'll I'll go through and fix things. So fortunately, that was good. Of, that yeah. Was good of, yeah. But I, I learned my lessons. Like, yeah, you, you need to get some other eyes on it. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, yeah, and there there are some, you know, I would say some reasonable, reasonably priced, but still very good um, editors out there. Like, if you have to do, you know, go that route, you know, um, yeah, it's just uh, you just gotta, you know, look for the testimonials and, uh, you know, and and look at their previous work and be like, okay, like they 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 seem like they're they're good at what they do and yeah. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that for myself here whenever uh, once I get ready for my next one. So yeah, tell I, us tell us about Extinction Peak. This is this sounds incredible. I am like ridiculously excited for this book. <laughs> um, it's I've I've wanted to write a dinosaur thing for a really long time and uh even this book it, it actually kind of uh took a while, you know, to to really get it right. Um uh I ended up working on it for five years. Um, you know, the first draft I finished in like two thousand fifteen and it just wasn't ready. It just um you know, giant monsters, uh whether they be dinosaurs or kaiju or you know, squids. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend a new writer trying to mess around with, uh, with the uh, giant monster stuff because it can be very difficult to write. Uh, that was something I learned real quick. Like I was like, I was looking at it and I was like, there's all these like 
stuff where it's like, you know, in, in your big action scenes, you're like, you want people to see certain things. And I wasn't, I don't know if it was a confidence thing or a knowledge thing, but I just wasn't able to deliver that in a way that I thought was satisfying at the time. And so I, uh, I put it away for a while, you know, but the, um, excitement for the basic idea, you know, um, stuck, stuck with me. I mean, cause it's, you know, dinosaurs coming out of the ground and eating people. It's like those, uh, you know, those dinosaurs attack cards from the, from the eighties. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I just, uh, I started thinking about it on and off, you know, as I was working on other things and in, let's see, the fall of 2018, I listened to the audiobook for um, Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian, and like the the vibe of that book, like even though it's you know a western, it feels very much like an apocalyptic novel, and it feels very cinematic while also feeling like very literary. And I was just like, for some reason, something clicked. Like, I mean, they're not really anything alike of course but like they but something about like the tone i i I really liked and i wanted to kind of bring that to extinction peak like i was like okay i have this huge like you know action story with you know dinosaurs eating people but like how do i want to portray that like what's the aesthetic going to be like and i think i uh yeah i think that was when it really kind of came together for me i was i did a lot of uh I came up with the first line pretty quickly, um, uh, you know, uh, after that, um, and that, and I kind of sat with that for a while, and then um, finally got to uh, finally got to like really uh, work on it pretty heavily throughout 2019, and um, yeah, I came out with something that I was that I felt was was ready for the world uh, to see. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. so now, now what is the, uh, can you give us a little bit of like, what is the story? Like what's, what's sure. happening? Yeah. So, um, basically like after these dinosaurs start coming out of sinkholes across the world and destroying everything, um, this brother and sister decide to try to, um, go rob the mansion of a corrupt senator because they, you know, they're like, well, if things come back together, we want to have some money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the 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 mansion turns out not to be abandoned at all, and some of the things going on inside that mansion are a lot scarier than dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, it just kind of um, yeah, it uh, it gets <laughs> it gets pretty wild. Uh, a lot of a lot of shit hitting the fan. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So when you got first got the idea for something, I, guess you, I know you talked about always wanting to write something in the dinosaur uh, range. What was that uh, like first idea? Yeah, so I had a very distinct um, or a very like vivid uh, dream about dinosaurs coming out of the ground and attacking a small town and – that was kind of what the initial incarnation of, of the book was. Um, but I just didn't have very interesting characters, uh, to be quite frank. And, um, I, uh, 
I, I liked some of the pieces, but I didn't have a good through line, I think. Like, I think it was just, it was simplistic, but like to a, to a fault. Like, I didn't feel like there was a lot of meat. Um, mm. I mean, despite the copious amounts of flesh eating. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I I think I managed to fix that with this draft. Um, you know, giving giving getting these two characters who I thought were kind of interesting and uh, giving them this this goal and having things go horribly wrong because it's like you know I mean yeah the dinosaurs are cool but it's like uh, you know you can you know any 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 monster is is cool but if you're not if you don't have like really interesting people getting eaten mm-hmm. or fighting the monsters it's kind of it's it's not going to read very well i don't think yeah yeah it sounds like uh <clears throat> it sounds like had you had you, like pushed it hard and and put the book out right away with that first idea it might have been very one-dimensional and just yes. kind of done and over with uh whereas taking your time like you did and giving it some some more time for more inspiration gave you these other characters so you can bring it into more of a three dimension and that, that through line and the characters and, and, and other stuff. So that sounds like it was well worth the time. Yeah, it definitely was. Like it was, um, I mean, thankfully because like the idea excited me so much, I, I was able to, you know, stick with it through those, you know, through those years. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all got, you know, abandoned projects on our hard drive, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I, like you know what uh this is taking too long and i'm not having fun anymore you know (laughs) but this one was one where i was like okay i it's taking a long time i'm not having fun right now but let's put it away for a while and let's let's you know continue to think about it and you know read some other stuff maybe even stuff outside the genre and try to try to figure out where to go where it needs to go i mean because the you know the guy who wrote gods of the dark web you know one of my earlier books like i don't think i don't think is the right guy to write (laughs) extinction peak you know even though it's the same guy (laughs) but i i learned so much between those books that i i think like yeah i mean i had to like wait till i was ready to to attack something that was so like i don't know like a little more epic in scope i guess yeah yeah and you've grown Right, exactly. Yeah, but that's that's good though. I mean, and that that's something I've that's something I've come to be aware of myself is I've always wanted to write a werewolf story, and I've I've tried a couple of years back and and like twenty years ago I tried to make one, but like now knowing my skill levels, knowing where I am, I'm like I'm not ready. Yeah. I, I want to do it justice. I want to do a good werewolf story sometime, and I want to wait until I have my skill level up a little bit and, and the ability to tell a good story. And I don't think the idea I have is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm kind of in that boat with, uh, not with a particular idea, but like I would, I would like to write at least one like doorstop of a novel, you know, like one of those like Mm -hmm. 700 page things that like you could probably murder somebody with, you know, um, (laughs) I, uh, I've always wanted to write one of those, but I'm just like, it's not time yet. <laughs> like, I just know, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, you've got to come like, for me, it's like, it's not, it can't just be like, you know, a novella, but like really fattened up. Like it has to be something, 
It has to, right. you know, it has to earn that length, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to have that substance. Yeah. Exactly. Do Do you write one at a time? Do you, like, stick it out until it's done, or do you go to something else? You know, I, uh, I used to um, juggle a lot. Um, lately, I haven't been doing that. Um, you know, I guess going back to, like, how more focused I've been lately. Um, the last few projects have been very like, yeah, I'm going to write this to the end. Like, and sometimes that means like taking a break and not working on anything for a few days or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just, I I feel like staying in that headspace, um, at least for where I am right now, like, you know, in staying in that headspace, of of uh you know required to write the book like it's good for me to like stay there and immerse myself in it and you know like maybe like kind of uh you know think things will you know come to me because i'm you know always thinking about it and because like even if i take a few break a few days from writing it like i'll still be thinking about it instead of working on something else and so there uh, you know i think other opportunities will present themselves within that work as opposed to me like stopping and then running off and doing something else if that makes sense yeah no it it does it does cool well i understand that uh, madness Heart press is uh they've got a lot of plans for the release coming up oh yeah Oh yeah, they um they're doing a uh they're they're doing a couple things. So first, um uh, I believe the the weekend before uh the release date um the release date's October fifteenth, but the weekend before I think is when it goes up for pre-order, and they're going to if you pre-order it uh from the, from them directly you'll get um, Extinction Peak signed, and you'll also get a digital um edition of their uh their new anthology devour the earth which is a kaiju themed anthology um so that's pretty fun and um on on the release day um they they actually both come out on the same day um october 15th they're doing a uh basically a, a an event on their twitch channel it's uh i think they're calling it fall of the kaiju and basically uh myself um a bunch of contributors to that anthology um, and uh, John, who runs Madness Heart Press, uh, we're going to be um, on his Twitch channel uh, doing interviews, readings, um, and uh, you know playing some video games that are centered around um, giant monsters and and dinosaurs. Um, I'd really like to get Primal Rage because uh, you know who doesn't want to see uh, <laughs> dinosaurs throwing hands, you know. <laughs> exactly oh my gosh that sounds awesome so yeah. all right so yeah so the book's coming out uh october 15th that'll be a a thursday and then it's the weekend before that they got all the events going on Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. awesome oh uh uh so no the, the weekend before is the pre-order but um october 15th oh, right. is, is the day of uh is they're gonna have the the follow the kaiju event as well there we go okay yeah. i read it backwards <clears throat> no that's okay <laughs> That's awesome though. So that sounds like it sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. So we're gonna have to uh, make sure we've got some links up for uh, for this in the show notes so that way everybody knows where to go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Lucas, uh, again, man, where where can people find and follow you? Uh, people can find uh, me on Twitter at real Lucas Mangum, 
or um, on Instagram at real AF Lucas Mangum. Uh, cause, uh, for some reason, real Lucas Mangum was taken on there. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty active on both of those. Um, uh, like on my Instagram channel, I'll do a lot of readings and videos and such. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I blog somewhat regularly at, uh, lucasmangum.com. Outstanding. All right. Well, yeah, everybody knows I'm going to, I will, I will definitely have those links in there and, uh, man, I cannot wait for this release. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to check this out. That's going to be a lot awesome. of fun, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm really excited about it too. Cause it's, it was a lot of it was outside my comfort zone, you know, with a, a lot of those big action pieces, you know, um, but, uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Outstanding. Thank you for coming back on the show, man. This has been a lot of fun and, uh, I love getting to catch up with you and see how, how it's going. I mean, it's, you know, we follow each other online, but, uh, this is nice getting to, uh, to actually chat with you and, and see how you're doing. So I'm glad, oh, glad you're doing well, man. Yeah. Same, same. Uh, it's good to, good to talk to you as well. And, uh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside. And hand the floor over to our guest, Lucas Mangum, with his incredible monster book coming up October 15th, Extinction Peak. All right. I'm going to keep this one quick, but uh, it's uh, from, the, uh, from the opening chapter. When the raptors came out of sinkholes across the United States, DeAndre Antigone Merriweather's elder brother, Johnny, saw the chaos as opportunity. He said as much to her one afternoon while they sat in their basement. Not every house in Southern California had a basement, but their father had insisted theirs did. The nature of his business required he work underground. Plus, he was a prepper. Hiding downstairs now, Deandra thought that basement was one of her father's wiser decisions. She couldn't imagine a better place to take shelter. Outside, those less fortunate fell victim to creatures everyone but hollow-earth theorists believed extinct. Deandra tried to ignore their neighbor's screams by counting the cinder blocks in the wall. Johnny cleaned his .30-06, whistling while he worked. Men like me thrive on chaos, he said. Well, what do you suppose you'll do when order's restored, she asked. If order's restored, I reckon I'll be a rich man by then. Uh-huh. Deandra's doubt that her brother would follow through on his plans didn't arise from spite or out of thin air. It came from 23 years of watching him vigorously pursue and subsequently abandon venture after venture. First had come the comic books, not even halfway penciled, before he left them unfinished. After that, he harbored dreams that bordered on delusions of becoming a filmmaker. His most recent endeavor, before the grid collapsed and after serving for some years as enforcer in their father's drug empire, had been starting a YouTube channel that would feature him unboxing everything from old vinyl records to sex toys. But who knows, she thought. Maybe the collapse of civilization has rejuvenated him. Someone banged on the door upstairs, jolting her out of her thoughts. The strikes made the latches rattle. The knocker screamed for help. He sounded like a man, but all pretense of acting tough had drained from his voice. He cried out in shrill tones that trembled with panic. Deandra blocked out the part of her that tried to match the terrified screams to neighbors' faces she still remembered. She glanced up at her brother. His cold features said everything. They'd be offering sanctuary to no one. She never got used to the screams. These particular screams troubled her most of all. She and Johnny had the power to stop them. She stuffed down the urge to plead on their neighbor's behalf. 
her legs locked into place. Going up herself to offer help was suicide. The screams turned to gurgles. The body thumped against the door as a raptor made its kill. She prayed Johnny would start whistling again. She needed to focus on something other than the wet chewing. She fought the urge to cover her ears. Despite her brother's shortcomings, she disliked appearing weak or fearful in front of him. It had something to do with him being older and the way their daddy raised them. Showing weakness made you pray. Monsters always smelled your fear. The wet chewing gave way to the clicking patter of clawed feet and a heavy, grainy sound like a body dragged across concrete. From what had to be the thousandth time this month, Deandra believed herself stuck in a nightmare. She prayed she'd wake up soon. The prayer fell on deaf ears, and why not? If the end times had come, as many TV preachers said before the grid went down, why would God spare a sinner like her? She and her brother belonged to those left behind. They came from a family of thieves and drug lords, and neither had done anything with their lives to break that tradition. Their father had impressed his sin upon them. Of course, she didn't believe in any of that religious nonsense. Their mama and daddy used to pray from time to time, but the family never went to church, and Deandra had never opened the Bible. Her knowledge of Christianity came from political rhetoric, commercials on TV, and billboards emblazoned with fear-based messages. What she saw, she never liked. The church resembled just one more male-dominated system she'd have to navigate if she ever converted. Her family was bad enough. She wanted to believe the apocalypse had leveled playing fields somehow. But here she sat listening to Johnny's whistles, whims, and schemes. Oh my goodness, Lucas, what have you done? That was incredible, man. Oh. Hey, that was Lucas Mangum reading a sample chapter from his latest book, Extinction Peak. The book goes live October 15th, but you can pre-order it this weekend exclusively through Madness Heart Press and pick up the bonus things that are going to be coming with it as you heard during the episode. So click that link in the show notes for them, for Lucas, and for our podcast friends and sponsors alike. And as always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with, uh, actually I know who it is, it's Gary Phillips with his book, Matthew Henson and the Ice Temple of Harlem. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, take care. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.